Hello, and welcome back to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Seth Bodine. And I'm Isabel Robles. First, we will look at this week's headlines and startup news. Then we will get a glimpse into the entrepreneurial scene in Marshall, Missouri. Marshall was the destination for the latest installment of Missouri Business Alert's Outstate Project, which looks at entrepreneurship in small Missouri towns. In this story, we'll take a look at a staple of Marshall's business landscape, Town Square. Then we will hear my interview with Megan Weingrad. She's the founder and CEO of Generopolis, a St. Louis-based social venture and online marketplace. And lastly, of course, you will get our digits, the numbers that matter in startup news this week. But first, the headlines. The U.S. Economic Development Administration awarded a $1.25 million grant to Springfield's E-Factory, a resource center and accelerator for startups in southwest Missouri. The grant will be matched by a private investor and contribute to an expansion of incubator space, private offices, conference and training rooms, and a rooftop terrace. Mizzou is now home to a gaming lab. The Adroit Studios Gaming Lab launched last month. The research and development facility is working on a STEM-based video game called HydroSci, which teaches middle school students about hydrology and water systems. The game has been deployed to 20 classrooms in 13 Missouri schools. There's a new accelerator in St. Louis for Black and Hispanic entrepreneurs. The Elevate Elevar Accelerator is a six-month-long program that focuses on early-stage companies that have demonstrated traction. It is a part of WePower, a St. Louis-based social venture that focuses on increasing representation in the economic, education, health, and justice systems. It's their goal that each firm receives $30,000 within the first few months. A state house committee met last week to discuss the potential entrance of the Hyperloop. The high-speed pod-based transportation system is being based by the company Virgin Hyperloop One. Theoretically, a trip from St. Louis to Kansas City would take about 25 to 28 minutes. The committee is expected to present a report on September 16th. So, Seth, can you tell us a little bit about the Outstate Project? Sure. So, in a lot of places in the U.S. and even the world, urbanization is increasing. Uh, That means that people more and more are moving to cities. That leaves small towns in Missouri fighting to stay relevant. So, this project is focusing on entrepreneurship in small towns. And for this installment of the project, we're focusing on Marshall. So, I was able to travel with you and the rest of our team to Marshall. But can you tell the listeners a little bit more about Marshall and our trip earlier this summer? Sure. Uh, Well, it's a town of about 13,000 people, and it's halfway between Columbia and Kansas City in Saline County. And at the center of the town is the square, which is similar to a lot of small towns in the area. And it's sort of the historic hub of business. So what would you say stood out the most to you as you were going out through this square and talking to business owners? Well, something that I noticed immediately is that there's both a mix of long-established businesses and then brand-new businesses, uh, maybe a year or two old. So it's very much a place where business is long-established but is also being, being established. So what project did you work on about the this historic hub of businesses? 
I surveyed some businesses and got their opinions about entrepreneurship in Marshall and made a audio postcard. Okay, cool. I'm excited to hear it. All right, here it is. I'm Stacy Weaver. I am the co one of the co-owners of Sturhan Jewelers here in Marshall, Missouri. We are a full retail service jeweler, which means we have a full repair department um, that we repair jewelry. We custom make things as well. And then we also have a showroom. I got into this business by my parents, Alan Leslie Sturhan, um, who bought the bit this location here um, in 1989. I didn't join them until um, 1992 when I was still in college and I've kind of just been here ever since. Just like any business, I mean, you always have your ups and downs, but for the most part, our business has been very successful. We add new lines several times a year sometimes. My name's Angie. I am the owner of Bud's Cafe here in Marshall. We have home cooking. Um, we open at 5 a.m. We serve breakfast. We have lunch specials, daily lunch specials, and we're open till bar time close. Well, I'm the new owner. I've been here a year. We have kind of stepped it up. We bought a building here on the end. We're going to expand. Well, I run the business. Um, my mother, she used to own the business. She had it for over 20 some years. And she comes up on, you know, works a few days a week to help out. My best friend, she's my right-hand man. She works the day shift with me. Bud's is a very well-established business, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We've had the same regulars here for, gosh, over 20-some years. So it's just nice to, you've established a, a relationship with them. It's kind of like a little family thing. That's what I love about this bar. They're all, they're not just my customers, they're family. I'm Lee Hamilton. This is a business where it's, we have a little bit of everything. We started out with custom framing and it's just kind of expanded from there. We do custom framing and we have gifts, we have bridal registry, uh, you know, a wide variety. <laughs> So you kind of have the same customers, you get to know the people, and that part of it is all just really, you know, that's nice. You, and you kind of have to mold yourself to what the, what the people want a little bit. The other part of it is it's small town, so your customer base is not that large, so that makes it, that's the difficult part. <laughs> so as, as time goes on, why well, it's more and more difficult. <laughs> The custom framing is something that keeps us busy all the time, which actually that's a pretty good mix because if we're not, not busy on this side, we can always be busy working on framing. So there's always something to do, in other words. Thank you for the story, Seth. So. Isabel, you have an interview for us from a St. Louis-based social venture. Who did you speak to? I spoke to Megan Weingrad of Generopolis. Interesting. So what does Generopolis do? Yeah, so Generopolis is an online marketplace, kind of similar to eBay or Craigslist. 
But the difference is when someone lists an item up for sale on Generopolis, they get to choose a charity of their choice for the proceeds to be donated to. It was founded by St. Louis and Megan Weingrad, and all of the charities are based around the St. Louis metro area as well. So what kind of things can you sell? Anyone can make an account and add a listing. So it can be anything from a chest of drawers to some clothes you don't wear anymore. Um, but now, Generopolis is working with businesses to sell different specials or experiences whose proceeds will then go to the charity of their choice. You were saying in the newsroom they operate campaigns, right? Correct. So right now they have one for the beginning of the school year that benefits the Kirkwood School District's Nutrition on the Weekends program. Here's the story. We're an online marketplace that turns stuff into cash for charity. So we are all about making giving accessible to literally everyone and creating incentives around giving to create just a winning value proposition so that people get more than just warm, fuzzy feelings out of giving. We appreciate the warm, fuzzy feelings, but also want to, like I said, really create incentives uh, beyond that. Can you detail what you mean by incentives? You start by going to generopolis.com, and there you find that you can create a free account, whether you're an individual user or a business user. We've got both of those kinds on the platform. You can create a listing, some item or service or experience for sale. And so that works a lot like Craigslist or uh, even Etsy for businesses or Groupon for charity. So you create a listing, give it a headline, you describe it, you give it any price that you so choose, and then you select your favorite nonprofit from a drop-down menu. And uh, once you publish that listing, it goes live on Generopolis and then also has its own unique URL. You can copy and paste a link and put that listing into your favorite social media feed so that when a buyer finds it, they click on it, they purchase it with a credit card. We use a PayPal platform. And then uh, once a month, we trip the books and look at all of the dollars and cents that have been raised for charity. And we send a check to the nonprofits who have earned on the platform that month. Can you tell me a little bit about where your idea was born and then the timeline of Generopolis? I would say from a background perspective, I have always really believed in the work that nonprofits do. I've always been a huge advocate, and I believe that nonprofits are absolutely the ones who make this world a better place. So starting out as a volunteer, as a child, and then growing up and you know, coming up through the ranks of nonprofits, planning events, and eventually serving on boards, has, that's always been a part of my life. Um, in a parallel path, I come from corporate America and am a product developer and a marketer by trade. So Generopolis, the platform, is really a blend of personal passion meets professional skill. But I would say the story of the creation of Generopolis really comes from a much more personal place, which is I've got a giving ritual with my kiddos. Ever since they were toddlers, clean out their toy closet and... We would search for toys that they no longer wanted or needed, and we would sell them on Facebook Marketplace, and I'd work with them on what charity did they want to donate the cash to. And that is the, I think, the aha behind Generopolis was me thinking, we've got these kids who have really no access to cash, and if they can find a way to give and change the world, then so too can everybody else, including businesses. So right now, what kind of listings do you have um, majority of on your site and Generopolis? And then what kind of growth or plans do you see from the ways in which you can maybe interact with companies or um, kind of increase the reach that Generopolis has? Our company went live in the St. Louis metropolitan area in February. 
So we are very young from the perspective of how, you know, how long have we been active and have people been creating listings. So we started out with uh, really focusing on building nonprofit relationships and uh, showing nonprofits you know, the, the value that Generopolis can bring in adding net new dollars to their fundraising pipelines. Um, and so we started with some individual campaigns with some awesome early adopter nonprofits, and their call to action in those early campaigns was to people like you and me. Right now we're getting ready to move, though, into some business-centric uh, approaches. So we'll be partnering with the Kirkwood School District and uh, we have rallied hundreds of businesses in and around the Kirkwood School District who are really excited to take their giving and give it some transparency and some social media marketing life. So they'll be creating awesome experiences, things that you can't buy on their everyday products and services menu. Um, and you know things that will get you behind the scenes, things that will um, enable you to co-create product with them, um, or even some Groupon-type great deals where maybe you can get a gift card that is valued at 50, but you can buy it for 40. So businesses are getting really creative in creating special experiences and um, awesome things, and they'll be publishing those. They'll benefit the Kirkwood School District Nutrition on the Weekends program, which helps kiddos who are food insecure. Can you illustrate a couple of examples of those experiences that businesses have been thinking about? It's called the back-to-school giving battle. It's an eight-week stretch and costs businesses nothing to join. It costs Kirkwood nothing to join. So it's a co-created campaign partnership between Generopolis and the Kirkwood School District. Businesses of every kind are joining. What's been fun to see is that Generopolis and the experiences that businesses can offer extend into some more non-traditional businesses. So for example, we've got Audi of Kirkwood and they are going to create some experiences that might appeal to car lovers, you know, for insider access or the ability to learn about things or get a first view on things. But they can also create listings that drive business in their service department. So it might be, you know, some oil change or car care package. You spoke in a panel at Washington University um, talking about venture, social ventures, and you said there that it's your goal for Generopolis to remain value-centered. What values are you talking about? How have you been able to do that? And how would you advise other startups or businesses to also remain centered on their values? Our values are right there in our name, generosity. Generopolis is a metropolis of generous people. The community should be that way out in the world and it should also start that in that place at home. Um, and so I really believe in generosity to yourself. I believe in being generous toward other people and having generous assumptions around people's intent. And then of course, teaching generosity out to the community. So it's my hope that you come in to Generopolis and maybe, maybe you don't, maybe you've never given before or maybe you haven't felt like you could give or you didn't understand the benefits of giving, but my goal is that through the experience inside Generopolis, either buying or selling, you experience all of the great, wonderful benefits that giving gives you. You feel good inside and you connect with other good people in the world and you create a virtuous cycle of generosity. Isabel, what are your digits for this week? $74 million. Oh, boy. Yes, $74 million. 
That is the amount raised by venture capital firm Cultivation Capital out of St. Louis for a technology fund. This came from recently receiving about $50 million from 89 investors. Cultivation Capital focuses on supporting life science and technology startups. Crunchbase named the firm one of the top 10 national investors created since 2009. The firm began in 2012. And Seth, what are yours? My digits are $908 million. Okay, yep. So that's how much venture capital startups in the Kansas City area raised over the last year, according to a new report from Startland News. That is an increase of about 90% over last year's venture capital haul. We'll have much more about that report in next week's show. To finish out the podcast, we will give you a quote for the road. Isabel, would you do the honors? Sure. This week's quote comes from Amy Liu of the Brookings Institute. Liu recently wrote a piece praising Missouri and Kansas for ending their economic development border war. She said young businesses will be the key to creating jobs in a changing economy. Her quote is, Kansas and Missouri must not simply stop poaching each other's jobs. They must also start rethinking how they pursue economic development in the modern era. And that's it for this week. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Isabel Robles and me, Seth Bodine. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next week. Goodbye. I had to do it. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's too good. It's too good.